It's Tyler Lockett of the Seattle Seahawks, and you're listening to the Full 10 Yards Podcast. Hey, we're rolling, we're rolling. We got all game all oh, Stay tuned, man. We got something special for y'all today. You're listening to the Full 10 Yards Podcast. To the 10, right to the 5, stood in for the score. Touchdown! Yes, welcome in, one and all. It's been a while since we've done one of these, fellas, but uh, something slightly significant happened this past weekend, so it only feels right that we get back behind the microphones and discuss all things happening in the world of the NFL as we react to the NFL draft that took place this weekend. Pretty full house in the huddle, as you can see, for those of you watching along on the screen. Kieran, welcome in, buddy. How you doing, matey? Uh, yeah, we're... we're... We'll we'll get into that. We'll get into that, fellas. Have you recovered? Uh, look, it was a tough draft night for me. Uh, probably tough for you having to watch and listen to that as well. But we're back. We're back. I feel alive. Good man. Good man. Loved your coverage, mate, on uh, Thursday night. It was, uh, yeah, inspirational at 20 past four <laughs> in the morning UK time. Let's put it that way. Let's put yeah. it that way. We'll get... We will get onto it, as you say, though, mate, because I'm sure there's a certain pick that you might want to debate a little bit later on. Yeah, Steve-O, welcome no in, mate. that to Mac Jones. <laughs> you right, Steve-O? How you doing, buddy? Yeah, good, mate. Good. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm sort of glad that the draft's done. Like, we stopped reading mock drafts and stopped reading about where people are going <laughs> to go. And now we can see where none of the mock drafts were right, because they never are. Um, and Zach Ertz is still an eagle, somehow. In our weekly tracker, Zach Ertz is still an eagle. So, yeah, I'm doing well, mate. Good stuff, good stuff. And my good friend, Mr. Henwood, Josh, how you doing, buddy? Got your wish on draft night? Yeah, just about. Uh, maybe not the first time around, but a second bite of the apple. More than happy with that. And uh, I feel like I still haven't caught up on the on the sleep element, but uh, I'm sure that by about Friday, I'll be ready to uh, to go for the sleep deprivation all over again. Yeah, it's amazing how much better it feels to watch the draft on Saturday afternoon, doesn't it? I'm not sure the wife appreciated it at five o'clock on Saturday afternoon, but certainly a much better time for us UK fans, isn't it? Let's get into it then, fellas. We're going to go through a few bits and pieces. We're going to look at who we think had some of the best drafts, some of the worst drafts, who potentially was the biggest steal or the biggest reaches in the drafts. We'll get you caught up with any news that's been happening since we've been on the airwaves. Obviously, Tim and the college boys have been here in various different forms in terms of betting, in terms of uh, plenty of insight from the college lads. So you've not been without your full 10 yards fix. But like I said, it's been a while since we've been behind the mics reacting to it. So let's get into it straight away then, fellas, first and foremost, in terms of who had the best drafts. Often a lot of people say, oh, don't look at it until a few years down the line. We're not in that business now, fellas. We want some instant reaction. We want to we want to put some praise on some teams. So, Steve, let's start with you, mate. Who, for you, had the best draft weekend? I think straight off the bat, it's your Cleveland Browns. Um, the the weapons that they added on defense um, really made what is already a good defense even better. Um, you know, getting Greg, Greg Newscombe, um at cornerback is a great pickup, especially at 26. I don't know if he'd fall that far. Um, to add to an already great secondary um, and then getting more talent along along the line at both uh, offensive tackle and defensive tackle as well um, with some good later on pickups. I really like Cleveland's draft. And then obviously I know we're going to come on to uh, JOK, but uh, you know, a, a guy that fell in late in the second um, was a, was another great pickup. And that, that Cleveland defense, I mean, I, you could certainly make an argument now that, that Cleveland has the best defense in the NFL. If not, it's up there. And I never thought I'd be saying that sentence, but it's it's up there. It's certainly up there. I say it's top five. Um, so yeah, I think I think Cleveland and and I read uh, earlier that they have they are the only team in the NFL that have had two back to back A plus rated drafts. So there you go. There you go. There you go. So I told you it's all about the early draft gates. Kieran, you had a bit of stick last year. You you predicted the Miami defense would be. A top five or a top eight unit, and you've got plenty of sticks. Steve's just gone one better there, mate. He says the Cleveland Browns got the best defense in the NFL. Are you having that, mate? Top top five, yeah, for sure. Uh, and I know um, with two Browns fans here, um, I've got to be careful with how I choose my wording. But when you look at defenses like the Rams and the Finns and the Washington football team, 
I don't think you can really put the Browns ahead of those teams. No. Um, I think even Browns fans are going to agree. Like, don't get me wrong. You guys had an absolute cracker of a draft. And I know when you guys didn't get uh, JOK in the first round, the fan base was a little bit sensitive. Um, until are you you're describing second... the fan base as me? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, a lot of Browns fans actually were up in arms. A lot of Browns fans I follow on Twitter were absolutely fuming that you didn't get JOK in the first. But when you went and got him in the second fantastic steal and I know there's the talk about these health problems he's having but he was cleared by team doctors that's how drafts work if you don't get cleared by team doctors they're not going to draft you so clearly the Browns know that he's ready to play he's ready to compete and I really think this this Browns defense takes you up a notch and that's really what you guys needed to separate yourselves from the Chiefs last year in the playoffs was that defense so you might have a shot at playing Buffalo in the AFC championship game this year I'll take that, my friend. I'll take that. Josh, me and you could talk about this all night, but for the sake of everybody else, let's move on to some other teams. I'm sure we might pivot back to Cleveland, particularly JOK, who I know was your darling of draft night. But give us uh, give us some other teams that you think did particularly well, mate, on draft night. Yeah, sure. So there's, I mean, there are a few out there that I think had a good one. Um, but I'll go with the Miami Dolphins um, as a sneaky good draft. Um, first of all, I think that they absolutely killed it in terms of selling the uh, the number three pick to San Francisco. And I'll come on to why a little later on as well as a bit of a teaser. But essentially, with all the wheeling and dealing, they moved down three spots and got themselves an extra first rounder in 2023 and a third rounder next year. You know, to move down three spots and comfortably select the guy that they want. And people will say, oh, you know, you could have um, could have had Chase as your wide receiver if you're going wide receiver. Waddle's got history with Tua. You know, Tua at the moment is not exactly feeling himself. Maybe having someone in there with a bit of familiarity with him just helps him settle into the program a bit more. Maybe it's Maybe Tua made the request himself. You know, we talk about Burrow making the request for Chase. Maybe two was like, "Look, I know this guy. You know, let's uh, let's build something around me for God's sake." Um, and then Jalen Phillips is the edge. Great pick there. Um, I think that they also did quite well with Eichenberg and Long. Just great picks that fit their scheme and sets sets the table. Because let's face it, the A the AFC East could be wide open. It, it really could be. You know, we talk about the Bills being a cut above, and I think they are at the moment. But Finns aren't a million miles away. Yeah, no, absolutely, mate. I think, um, I think, like you say, particularly in that trade, they've come out of it uh, smelling very rosy indeed from that. A little bit of a probably a surprise to them. I think they probably were banking on one of Pitts or Chase being available, but obviously the Falcons stood still and ended up taking Kyle Pitts, and obviously that led to the, the choice for the Bengals, which I'm sure we'll come on to. I think that's one that's divided some opinion, whether the Bengals went right or wrong with their selection. We'll get on to that in a minute. Just for me, just to round off the conversation, I think the Chargers knocked it out of the park for me. Um, I think they had a really good draft picking up with Sean Slater, who for some people was the top tackle on the board. Um, you know, certainly should be some good protection for Justin Herbert to then come back in the second round and take one of the top-rated corners in Asante Samuel. Um, you know, and again, they, they've had a lot of love from draft experts around the places, you know, consensus, good reports on theirs, um, their drafts. And Kieran, just from you, I think we talked um, previously, I think you said Chicago as well was one that for you uh, was a good draft haul as well, wasn't it, mate? Yeah, Bears smashed it. I mean, they got Justin Fields, who, I mean, look, you got who they got competing in there, Andy Dalton and, and someone, someone else. You can tell by just their Instagram feed that they've not had a franchise quarterback in their entire history. They're very, very excited about this pick. It, it, it's a great pick. And then they got Tevin Jenkins, who was a guy that I thought the Bengals should really go after to bolster that offensive line. They obviously went a different way. Um, but yeah, and then later later rounds, they got Larry Borum, who's another guard slash tackle. However you want to move him, he is versatile. They got Khalil Herbert, great running back, who you're going to like pair with like, uh, Montgomery or somebody. 
just just take take a little bit. It's load management um, more than it is getting a new round back. Uh, Daz Newsom, he he might not dazzle, um, but he's going to be a fairly you know adept receiver in the NFL. And then later on, they got uh, cornerback Thomas Graham Jr. out of Oregon, who then even he's not even in the book. So I'm just going to say I didn't watch much film on him. And uh, then BYU nose tackle Kyrus Tonga, who. You know, BYU, besides Zach Wilson, didn't really have a lot of eyes on them. So you are going to find, like, gems like that. They did have a great season. And the Bears just smashed it. They are... Look, they were a playoff team last year with Mitch Trubisky and Nick Foles. Mitch Trubisky and Nick Foles, and they still made the playoffs. Now, I'm not trying to rip on Nick Foles. We know probably Steve's favourite player given that there's a statue of him outside <laughs> their ground. But it, it, they were making it to the playoffs behind a, a great, great defence and, and you know, a, an offence that was kind of just there. Um, but, yeah, they, they smashed it. And with a guy like Justin Fields, I hope he doesn't start day one. But if Nagy and Pace are trying to save their jobs, he probably will. Um, but I, I just hope that they develop him right let Andy start Andy's seen a lot in the NFL he's been to the playoffs five different times so I, I think if they can just manage this kid right he's going to be something very very special and you'll have to clip that because I do not talk about Ohio State players like that very often <laughs> no it certainly was a good draft wasn't it for the Bears let's talk then fellas a couple of um things we've already touched on them a little bit because we're going to get on to the opposite side of the coin in terms of who we think didn't particularly do well there's a couple of teams that um potentially sort of sit on the fence some people that you speak to think what a good selection it was other people think why on earth did they go in that route so let's talk about the bengals that was essentially the choice they were facing to everybody on draft night wasn't it did they go with the weapon for joe burrow in his old college teammate jamar chase obviously had fantastic production in 2019 Obviously, sat out last year, uh, but still, you know, did more than enough in 2019 to convince people he should be the first wide receiver off the board in this draft class. Um, or there was obviously the tackle um, out of Oregon in Penny Sewell, who, again, many people have got him down as being a surefire prospect and, and certainly should have been the first tackle off the board. He ultimately was the first tackle off the board, but obviously a few picks later. So, put yourselves, fellas, in the Bengals draft room, and which way would you have gone on it, Steve? Let's start with you. It's so tough, isn't it? Like, you know, um, you think if there's a generational uh, left tackle, especially left tackle as well, being the most important on that front line, you take him without doubt. But the problem is, is that you had a generational wide receiver talent, as we're all aware, in, in Jamar Chase. So do you give Joe Burrow a weapon for the next 10 years or do you protect him? Now, <sighs> I would have probably lent towards protecting him because he tore his ACL last year and he tore his ACL because he wasn't protected. And that knee injury was nasty as well. Um, I mean, he's already throwing again, which is a good sign and doctors can do magic things with ACLs these days, but the depth of the offensive tackle class is what probably swung them that way. Um, and the fact that they were able to, to address that later on was probably what swung them and that, you know, they can pick up offensive linemen, you know, they they would argue that they could pick up offensive linemen anywhere, and yet you can't you can't miss the chance of, of drafting a Jamar Chase. Um, so I I think I it's it's so tough because I know how good Chase is, but the chance to to shore up that left tackle position for the next ten years would have been incredibly tempting. Yeah, Josh, I saw you giving the old thumbs up there, so I assume you're in that camp as well. I'm going to let Kieran talk first. As the uh, as the guy defending the pick, and then I'm going to drop in. I think. Go on, Kieran. Josh, my friend. Everyone's heard me say this, and I'm going to say it again, and I stand by it because I, I have hot takes about players like these. I said Josh Allen would be a uh, MVP contender last year. He was. Uh, I said Lamar Jackson will win an MVP. Like the day he the day he got drafted, I said he'll win an MVP. I'm generally correct about offensive picks, <laughs> and as we've heard with the Dolphins' prediction, I'm also pretty good with defensive picks as well. So <clears throat> before we get to the guy who I say is going to finish his career being regarded in the same vein as Jerry Rice, 
You can scoff all you want. That is going to happen. The Bengals 2021 offensive line at left tackle, they have Jonah Williams. Gave up three sacks last year. Left guard, they have Quinton Spain. Gave up one sack last year. Uh, Trey Hopkins as the center. <clears throat> one sack last year. They have right guard Jackson Carmen. He obviously didn't play in the NFL last year. He is a rookie, but only gave up two sacks um, last year. The last year he played at college as well. And at right tackle, they have Riley Reef. So a lot of people said they wanted Penisawal to protect Joe Burrow. Just giving you a list of some very, very good offensive linemen, some very, very good offensive line stats. Here's the thing, though. 32% of Joe Burrow's sacks last year were coverage sacks. So if you need something to keep him getting sacked, you have what is a, a very upgraded offensive line now. They've got rid of the shit. There's still some guys there who maybe aren't top level, but they're going to be better. And then you go out and get possibly the best wide receiver I have ever seen play at the college level. Forget Julio Jones. Forget Jerry Rice. Forget all these Antonio Brown types who have amazing college careers. Jamar Chase is, by none, the most impressive player I've ever seen. He is just... How good was Justin Jefferson last year, guys? Super. Right, double that. He is twice, if not three times as better than Justin Jefferson. He absolutely destroyed Justin Jefferson on the field at LSU. This this kid is special. And for a guy like Panaisawal, who... I'm not going to stick generation on it. Like, yeah, he's an incredible raw prospect and he's got great power and physicality, but the technique isn't there. Right now, he's just a mauler. He's going to need time to develop. Now, Joe and Ch uh, Jamar have this incredible chemistry. They had a record-breaking season together. Joe threw 60 touchdown passes. Jamar caught 25 of them. Do you want that? That inbuilt chemistry? that is going to instantly light up defenses in the NFL? Or do you want a guy who's probably going to take a year to develop into, like, fit his body a little bit better and harness that raw power? I know which one I'd take because the Bengals O-line coach is a bag of shit. So I would much rather take Jamar Chase. It's a lot safer pick. And you're never going to see a wide receiver like this again in the NFL. I can promise you. There you go, Josh. Beat that, my friend. I'd rather protect Joe, Joe Burrow. Hey, I so just gave you some offensive no, 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 line no, no. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So you said, do I want to bolster up my line? You know, even if it's long term, do I want to bolster up my line? Or do I want a wide receiver that, that, that can be throwing the ball to? I want a QB that's going to be able to throw the ball. <laughs> right? Now, you can, give, you can tell me you yeah, gave up so many sacks, etc., Tell me pressures, because I tell you what, even for the times of which Joe Burrow got out of a lot of sacks last year, you know, he was able to get away from a lot of them. He, and also the Bengals threw probably the highest percentage of slants and screens and behind the line plays that I've ever seen an NFL team play. And I've watched the Browns for years, right, where you had to get freaky with that sort of thing so yeah sacks isn't the thing to look at as much as just the general play because otherwise jamar chase is going to you know basically have to make up 70 yards after the catch on every play to become the generational talent there right so i understand the point and i'll go one further i understand the chase pick right i said to you on the night i understand the chase pick it was very much one or the other I don't understand the Bengals trading down in the second round, right? That's where it really hits. I think you do one or the other. That made no it, sense to me. Exactly. With Kevin Jenkins still available. Exactly. Because then, especially, forget just Jenkins, pretty much all of the pretty good O-line class went in that little spell. And, you know, it cost the Bengals dearly, I think. I mean, the, yes, the front office is going to say, we really like this kid. We had our eye on him. We thought we were going to get him. Tell me a single organization that wouldn't cover its back immediately by saying we got our guy after seeing all of their options leave the board. You know, I think 
I think that they took a gamble and they lost on it. And it was a gamble that they really didn't need to take. And it brings this question up. I think if they took Jenkins, I understand the chase pick more. I think that's the way it goes. And also, while we're talking about Penai Saul, I'm going to quickly bring it back and say, I think the Detroit Lions had a hell of a draft this year. I mean, you know, I've, you know, Browns fans consider draft day as their Super Bowl. And the Lions are going to have to consider it like that for a few years, right? This is day one of a massive rebuild. This was a great start. You start with the fundamentals. You start with your lines. You build up from the front and work backwards. You know, I I think they've got got a few wins in them this year, three, four, up to five. You know, this helped a lot. And they've got a lot of draft capital to come back on as well. You know, on Zarike as well, this all really, really does help. So, yeah, in terms of the chase pick, have him, but don't trade down afterwards. For the love of God, why? But thank you <laughs> as well. Yeah, thank no, you. yeah. I, I, can, I can certainly see that, mate, in terms of, like you say, the, the trading down in the second round is a head-scratcher. For what it's worth, I would care, and I would have, you know, I would have gone chase at that pick personally. I wouldn't have then, like you say, traded down also, but... Uh, It'll be interesting to see who it plays out. Like you say, obviously, you see what uh, Burrow can do reunited with him. Before we move any further, fellas, Steve and Josh, have you managed to get yourselves like in, a, in the same like club or something tonight? It's like strobe lights going off on your cameras, fellas. I'm, like, I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, have I not been invited to this party tonight or something? Are you both just watching the Champions League or something? Watching the Champions uh, League. The adverts uh, are on. There we go. I thought as much. There we go. Thought yeah, much. there's a, there's a lot of. I think it's the Mastercard ad that other credit card providers are are available. But uh, <laughs> you know, it, it, it pops up with a blue screen and it sends it all blue, and then I go into white and then green. So uh, I'm about I'm about this far away from the television. <laughs> What's the score, fellas? What's the score? One nil City. Oh, there you go. Looks like City yeah. marching on. Let's turn it back to NFL, fellas. No one wants to talk soccer. Let's talk some uh, NFL. Steve, were you a little bit surprised that the Eagles traded up in the division to ultimately go and get Devonta Smith? Um, yes. So I, I, there was murmurings for the week leading up to it that Eagles were looking to trade into eight or nine. And then when um, Denver picked uh, Patrick Satan at nine, I was like, okay, that's it. We're going to have to wait and see what Dallas does. And we're going to have to wait and see what New York does. And I knew that New York would take a wide receiver because New York loves wide receivers. You know, they don't apparently love quarterbacks, but they love wide receivers. Um, So I was sort of thinking, and then when it popped up straight away, because as soon as the pick was in from Denver, they, the, the, um, NFL Network team were like, oh, um, Dallas has traded out. And I was like, oh, I wonder who's traded in. And it was like the Eagles. I was like, what? Like, <laughs> Dallas has traded with Philadelphia. That's what? And then I realized, like, if you unpack it, actually, it makes sense. Like, Dallas doesn't want to face Devonta Smith on a uh, a New York side that's almost there, you could argue, or is certainly in a much better place than Philadelphia is. And they'd rather give Devonta Smith to Philadelphia and then also pick up a third round pick in the process. So I what I do like is how Howie Roseman, the Philly GM, managed to wheel and deal his way to still picking up Devonta Smith, who is the Heisman winner and is a, a, an incredible wide receiver prospect. And, and some people had him top of their, bo- of their wide receiver board. Some people had him second. Some people had him third. Either way, he won the Heisman as a wide receiver that hasn't been done since 1995 like he's a special special kid um and pick up a first round pick next year and only give up dallas a, a third round to move back into 10 to get him so i was pleased with it ultimately i i loved the pick I, I actually tweeted when um when carolina picked at seven and justin fields was still on the board um sorry when carolina picked eight and justin fields was still on the board i sort of tweeted out like surely the eagles have got to consider him if he falls to 12 they have to consider him because you know the jury is very much out on jalen hurts is is justin fields an upgrade on jalen hurts almost certainly but then we traded up and picked javonna smith and instantly i was like yep you know what i love the pick absolutely love it instantly upgrades our wide receiver room instantly makes us better and you know and it's going to be exciting to actually watch a really good wide wide receiver in philly which i probably haven't seen since the Super Bowl, yeah. So yeah, yeah, super excited for that. Yeah, I hope he pans out. I've just picked him up in the full ten yards dynasty draft. So I hope he yeah, pans out for, for for my sake, if nothing else. Um, 
Let's move on then, fellas. Middle of the first round is probably when uh, some of the more questionable picks started coming in. So we'll start with pick 15. It seems the logical place to start, Kieran. I'm not sure if you are over it or not yet. I'll say it was a strange pick. I don't think it personally was a strange pick. A lot of the talk leading up to the draft was obviously that Mac Jones was going to go as high as three. So I suppose if you look at it from that perspective, a quarterback that many people had talked about going number three overall ends up going 15. You could argue, well, that's a pretty good deal then for the Patriots. I appreciate you're not obviously a massive fan of him personally, but now you've had a few days to, to obviously let it digest. Are you over it yet? Uh, not really, going to be honest. Uh, uh, in every single college podcast we did, I repeatedly said he is not a first-round talent. I didn't think the Patriots should have gone for him. Um, we had two offers to trade up into the top 10. Didn't fucking take him. No idea why. Um, my ideal draft would have been Waddle in the first and then Kellen Mond in the second because I think Kellen Mond is infinitely more talented than Mac Jones. I think that shows on film. Just Mac Jones is not a day, day one guy. He never was. He never... If he wasn't at Alabama, he wouldn't have been. He... He's not super accurate. He doesn't have a big arm. He's built like a toddler. And I don't mean height-wise. I mean body-wise. Like, he's got these really short legs and a dumpy midsection and kind of a big head. We all saw him walk to the stage, right? It was as awkward as watching Kyler Murray scramble. That's the level of, like, awkwardness I felt seeing him take the stage. I just thought, what the fuck are we doing? Like... We're the New England Patriots. We're not some poverty franchise like the Giants or the Lions or, you know what, we, we won't say any more teams. I don't want to upset anyone <laughs> in this group. Um, yeah, we, many is a thing. We're not. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I, just, I just thought it was a bad, bad pick for us. He, he could be great. Don't get me wrong. If he comes in, like, if by week eight of this season, he's still built like a toddler, I'm maybe be pissed. Because you're going to be in a weight room with guys like Cam Newton, Jacoby Myers, uh, 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 and all these guys who grind their ass off. If you are not at least working out, working on your arm strength, working on your footwork, working on everything that makes you a day-free pick, just, uh, I'm so pissed off still to talk about it because there was so many better options. We had the options to uh, trade up into the top 10, which meant we could have got Justin Fields. It just, it makes no sense to me. Absolutely. So let's move on from 15 because I certainly don't think you're going to yeah. be convinced at any point until he, uh, until he actually does something on the field. Let's go down to 17, because then that was another shocker, wasn't it, really? The Raiders seemingly having a different draft board to anybody else in the NFL. We mentioned the Bengals and passing up on some potential offensive line talent. I don't think anybody had Alex Leatherwood, did they, at the top of the uh, the tackle board, did they, fellas? No. So, again, some surprised shakes of the head. Um, I think really I've thought for a little while. I think since Mike Mayock got the, the GM job in Las Vegas or what was uh, Auckland, I, I feel like sometimes he tries to make picks like he's still a draft analyst and he's trying to beat people and their predictions and such like. Like a lot of people said about uh, Las Vegas's two um, first and second round selections this year, that actually if you'd swapped them round and had uh, them in the first and second respectively, that yeah. actually would have made sense. And actually it would have been a pretty good outcome. So actually you, when you look at it that way around, it doesn't actually come up as too bad a selection. But it was just such a perplexing pick when there was other offensive line talent to be taken and they went with with Leatherwood it just it just didn't really make sense and I just I wonder how many more bad drafts can that Raiders team have yeah. before Mayock is out because I feel like he was a great as a draft analyst I'm not sure he's good enough as a GM yeah no don't disagree with that mate don't disagree with that another couple of shockers for me that came and these were teams that came late to the party so the Seahawks didn't pick until, what was it, pick 57, pick 58, something like that. If you tend to make one round. 
Yeah, but if you if you said to me before the draft one position, the Seahawks are pretty strong in, you'd have said wide receiver, wouldn't you? You know, they've obviously got Lockett, they've got DK Metcalf. Um, to, to go wide receiver with their first pick was a, a strange pick for me. And, of course, then to just top it all off, the Houston Texans didn't bother getting involved in the draft until the third round. And of all the things to do with your first pick of the draft, you pick a developmental quarterback that in all likelihood isn't seeing the field anytime soon. Just an fellas help me out. Can someone explain it for me? Because it was just bizarre. It's panic mode. It's panic mode in Houston. Sean Watson will not dress for the Houston Texans ever again. That is what that told me. You know, that is saying we need a QB that is going to learn behind Tyrod Taylor. Again, Tyrod Taylor, seemingly, you know, the rookie QB whisperer. You know, he'll play for four games, do okay, and then there'll be calls for the... Exactly, yeah. You know, there'll be something new this time, a severed toe or something. And then... And then on will come this day two prospect who will be deers in the headlights because he's up against uh, up against the Indianapolis Colts or something stupid in week five. And it will be the beginning of a very long, deep slide for the Texans. I don't see... I mean, I've, I've updated the power rankings after the draft. Houston are now dead last. They have somehow picked the Lions for last. And it's all because I don't see how on earth they arrest this slide. Because Watson's not, not dressing again, and they've, they're addressing the QB situation with this, and it's because they've got no capital. Davis Mills is a good QB. I just want to say that. He's yeah, very good. Listen, he, 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 look, and obviously, best of luck to the kid. You know, We all want him to, to do well, but it was just a strange choice, wasn't it? I think it was a bit of panic because there was a run on those kind of quarterbacks. We had Kyle Trask. We had, was it Kellen Mond that went as well, I think, yeah. at, around that stage? Um, you know, so whether that sort of forced their hand and they thought, oh, we better get in here before the, the opportunity goes or what, I don't know. Just a yeah, really I... strange selection. Yeah, I think that it's not so much the case of how good he is. I think it's the optics around it. Because with that, you are, because we had to wait, eight, what pick was he again? Um, 80s or something like that. Was it like 67? Yeah, he, he was like 67. Round First three pick of the third round. You know, Houston Texan fans could sleep for a whole night before going to selection. Then they could probably take a nap and then wake up before they actually got to their selection. And then you get hit with the realisation that Watson's not coming back. And, oh, by the way, we're not going to try and do it via trade. We're going to bring up this guy to come in. You know, it's just sobering, if nothing else. But that being said... I think Davis Mills is, given the limited sample size of both quarterbacks, I like him as a pro prospect more than Trey Lance. But I think as a quarterback, like, don't get me wrong, Trey Lance, phenomenal athlete, but he's not a good quarterback. Davis Mills is an average athlete, but he's a very good quarterback. From the limited sample size we've seen from both quarterbacks, David Mills uh, is just a more complete quarterback. Not a good athlete, but he's a more complete quarterback so far. But do you want him going to a situation like the Texans in week five of this coming season? Is what it is. Dude's a millionaire now. I, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, he, he, he's probably, it's probably going to be tumultuous and he's going to have a bad time. But... Uh, I'll t- tell you what, while we're, on the, while we're on the subject of reaches and that sort of thing, can I bring it back to Trey Lance? San Francisco busted out my god how on earth do you give up that kind of draft capital to draft lance i don't get it they could have got him at because their gm chokes ever no sorry their coach chokes everything even drafts apparently well he's he's choking on something because he gave up the farm and the ranch and the desert and everything else you want to throw in there for a developmental qb yeah you know who? You know he 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 wasn't even top three of the QBs available. I thought it's he was a the strange, second round guy. 
it's a strange one, isn't it? Because they basically said they hope Jimmy G starts all year, and you just think you wouldn't give up that amount of capital if that was the genuine plan, mm-hmm. would you? So let, let's let's move on, fellas, because I think part of the reason potentially, Josh, that you said there that you know potentially guys like Trey Lance, we've mentioned Mac Jones, you know, guys potentially overdrafted a little bit. There was obviously some quality wide receivers. You know, there was a good run on wide receivers at the in the first round in particular. So. We had a little chat before we came on in. We picked out a few of our steals of the draft, and we've already talked a little bit about, um, I'm just going to call him J-O-K. I know as a Browns fan, I'm going to have to get used to pronouncing it properly. But we'll, I know, let's call the, nickname him is, the nickname is Woo, apparently. <laughs> Fair enough. That's what, I can manage that. I can manage Woo, so we'll call him Woo. Um, Steve likes um, Aziz Ujari, Ujilari, sorry, and then... Um, Trevon Maurig was the other one that we called out there. So, all three of those guys, fellas, is it any surprise on the defensive side of the ball? Steve, we've, we've talked about JOK or Woo for a little bit. So, let's pick up the guy that you picked out there, Adjilari. Um, Good pick there for the Giants in the second round, wasn't it? Yeah, I think they were surprised that he was still there. Um, he there was there was sort of four or five sort of slated first round pass rush guys, but it's interesting to note that this draft there wasn't like a standout guy. There wasn't like a um, a Chase Young. There wasn't that guy that was going to go one or two or three. Like there wasn't that option. So that's interesting. Usually, when you've got a high pick like a like in the first five picks, there's usually a defensive end that you can go to as like a backup. Yo, we'll we'll, pa- we'll short up the pass rush. It's never a bad idea. To to take a good pass rusher but there wasn't any of those um and Ojolari was was high on a few uh, analyst boards and some people even had him number one you know and, and you think he's going to go sort of usually that means sort of, you know maybe 20 21 22 around that sort of place and he was still on the board at 50 that's a steal steal and a half and there was a lot of there was a lot of uh, defensive ends that went before him and i know that there's not really too much between them that a lot of people would suggest that you know perhaps it you know, he could have gone to one of the teams that picked a defensive end in the first round. But yeah, I think it's it's, it's certainly good value for New York in a position that they needed to address. And I'm not looking forward to that as a survivor. <laughs> yeah, he was number one in the uh, full 10 yards uh, draft guide, I believe, in terms of the uh, the edge defenders as well. That's where the boys uh, had him ranked for us. Full10yards.com forward slash shop. Indeed. Good plug there, my friend. Well done. Um, Kieran, I'm going to come to you to talk about Wu or JLK because I know we've obviously heard Josh and his superlatives for the guy. He was obviously Josh's number one target. You know, Andrew Berry uh, didn't just put one set of shades on. He doubled up and got him on day two. That's how cool he was in the draft room. But all joking aside, let's, let's take the, the sort of hype out of it. What, what's he actually going to bring on the field for the Browns, do you think? You know what they call him Wu, don't you? Because when you see him make a tackle, you go, woo. Oh, God. Yeah. Um, no, <clears throat> JOK, in my opinion, was the best linebacker in this draft. I, I don't care. I think Michael Parsons is a scumbag human being. Um, he's a good player, but he does not deserve his spot in the NFL. If any of these allegations are even partway mm. true, which given the history at Penn State, very, very possible. There's a very toxic culture at that university. But JOK was my number one linebacker. The dude is absolutely incredible. Take Isaiah Simmons' potential and then put him with a team that isn't completely mismanaged, like the Cleveland Browns. He is going to be a problem. He is... Okay, imagine Jamal Adams, and I'm sorry for all my LSU homies for this, but he can he can catch, so he can make interceptions. Um, he, yeah, Browns got an absolute steal in day two. I know there's the health concerns, but like we said at the beginning... He got cleared by doctors, so clearly he's okay to draft. And they see that the Cleveland Browns aren't the dysfunctional shit show they were just two years ago. The Cleveland Browns are a very, at this point, a very well managed football team. It's a very well oiled machine. Kevin Stefanski changed the entire outlook of that franchise. You went from the best on paper to the biggest underachievers to a team that had their expectations tempered and then went, you know beat the shit out of the Steelers, and then went toe-to-toe with the Chiefs in a very, very close game. So the Cleveland Browns definitely looking to be one of the top teams. Now you put him in a system where it isn't mismanaged by some prima donna head coach who got his gig in the NFL after like a 5-7 and seven season with Texas Tech. You've got a legit NFL head coach who knows what he's doing, he knows how to manage his players, and he isn't all hype. Cleveland Browns got an absolute steal 
and he is going to be a massive problem. Which, like I said, Isaiah Simmons' potential, but he went to Cliff Kingsbury. Guy doesn't know his ass from a hole in the ground. So now with competent coaching staff, JOK is going to be... You guys got a steal. So all I'm going to say, he's going to be looking at Defensive Rookie of the Year. I'll take that, my friend. I'll take that. I'm just looking to see somebody that can actually run with Lamar Jackson. That, that's yes. all I care about. Just want somebody they, that can run side to side with Lamar Jackson. If they just rolled him out for those two games a year, I just wanted someone it. that could plug the gaps against Lamar Jackson. Because it's all he, he bloody does against us. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and then we throw everything against the run and then he just throws over the top to the uh, wide open tight end. It's written every flipping... No, I'm not getting into it. He, he is good at that though. Too. Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa, when you watch him play, he plays with such speed and such ferocity. But you watch when an offensive line takes their protection and then he come in and he seals gaps so, so quickly. And he's also very intuitive and has a great football IQ. If you go through and just watch tape on him, you will see before offensive linemen can even come up and seal gaps to create blocking lanes. He's in there, uh, and Lamar Jackson is going to be getting roasted. But also, when he's throwing slants to, like, Hollywood Brown, since that's apparently all that team can do in the passing game, he's going to snag picks. It's just going to happen over the course of the year. He's going to have three or four picks for you over the course of his rookie season. That's, that's just going to be a constant with him. But like I said, Lamar Jackson is in trouble because this guy is fast, he's athletic, and he's going to seal gaps quicker than their linemen can. He's just a physical specimen. Roll on September. Kieran's getting me all excited. Roll on September. Can't wait. Uh, the last steal, Josh, just threw it back up on the screen. Trevor Murray, um, many people's first safety on the board. Um, I think a lot of people, again, probably had a late first-round grade on him. Obviously, another guy that drops into the second, so you were quite impressed with that as a snake. Yeah, it was it was one of the top ones, just from boards to picks. I think that uh, Steve put it quite elo- eloquently, actually, that Mike Mayock actually had a pretty good couple of rounds. It's just that he went about it the completely wrong way. <laughs> so there is method to the madness. And I think that enigmatic is what we'll call it. I mean, that's Ma- Mike Mayock in a nutshell. So why wouldn't his draft picks be that way? Uh, and also it means that you uh, actually pay the better player less money. So, you know, maybe that works out in the long term somehow. Maybe that's something which is going through their head. In in any case, there is no way that he should have fallen to the middle of the second round. Um, I I think that I I think teams are either feeling like they're set on defense this year or um, simply the fact that they found that it's becoming a more offensive league. Maybe they're starting to disregard. The, the need for defense well because you know like, like you've already pointed out all of these steals are on the defensive side of the ball and yeah. you know that there's that, that, that can only really be down to culture I refuse to believe it's down to a few mishaps um I would say on the jok one though it's definitely a case of fit all anyone was talking about was the fact that no one knows how to put 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 jok into their system. You know, it, it, surely now you've got to start thinking of different defensive systems if you're going to be playing against mobile quarterbacks all the time. Yeah, and Lamar yeah. Jackson, who's a wide receiver. <laughs> a wide receiver? Is he that good? Uh, I I, I've, I'm just throwing in different positions. <laughs> He's a small, <laughs> tight end. <laughs> that's the one position he can't play. That, that, that's yeah. the one where Andrews will always have a paycheck because he always has to have an outlet. That's true. Bring it on. Bring it on in September, mate. We'll, 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 we'll be cursing when he torches us for 200 yards as he normally does. But there yeah. you go. Right, fellas, there's plenty of teams that we could say potentially had some dodgy drafts. Um, we're not going to spend too long on it. Um, you know, I think just in summary, I think we said right at the outset, we're going to have to wait, obviously, a few years really before the, the dust really settles. But I think, you know, instantly a couple that sort of spring to mind. Um, you know, we mentioned the Texans. I think that was a, you know, just a pretty sh- shocking development with that first round pick, wasn't it? I think everybody sort of thought, well, what a bizarre selection that was. Um, and the Steelers is one that's got some mixed reviews. You know, I mean, you know, obviously picking up Najee Harris, but you know, he's 
he's, he's not really got a line to run behind. They then didn't address that in the second round unless you want to credit a tight end with sort of increasing your blocking potential. That was another bit of a strange selection. Um, thought the Chiefs had a really good weekend. Look, we could go through each team and what we'll do over the course of the next few weeks is we'll start to look at it division by division, what every team has done across free agency and what they've done across the draft um, as we build up towards um, the 2021 NFL season. So let's get you caught up with the sort of news that's been going on. It's pretty much been dominated, as you'd expect, by quarterbacks. <laughs> Unfortunately, with plenty of stuff off the field, there's the ongoing legal stuff for Deshaun Watson that uh, seems to not be going away anytime soon. Obviously, still adamantly denying um, any wrongdoing there. We'll see how that one progresses. Um, good news story from last year, Alex Smith um, hanging them up. Um, I think probably the right decision. I think we're all in agreement there. Um, a phenomenal achievement for him to actually get back on the field last year, obviously. Um, but he's hung it up and called it a career. Um, I think, like I say, the fact that he even got back on the field is testament to the kind of player that he was. Um, but of course, the big news, fellas, and talk about teams that didn't necessarily have a good draft. The, the draft for this team probably started 24 hours before the draft, didn't it? And of course, talking about the Green Bay Packers, and obviously all the news really surrounds Aaron Rodgers, who, as we know, um, by all accounts, very disgruntled in, in Green Bay. Um, lots of talk that essentially he's done. Will he even play for Green Bay again? Put his career numbers up on there in terms of regular season, over 51,000 yards passing, 65% completion percentage, 412 touchdowns against just 89 interceptions, which is an absolutely phenomenal record um, when you think about the amount of pass attempts that he's thrown across his career. Obviously, a QB right there of 103.9 on his career. So, some absolutely unbelievable numbers there. Um, of course, there's been a lot of talk about his disgruntlement at the fact that he's not been given any help, he's not been given any weapons. You know, there's obviously that famous stat there that he's only ever thrown a pass to one number uh, first round pick in his NFL career. That, of course, being Mercedes Lewis, the backup tight end <laughs> that they brought in at the back end of his career. So, certainly wasn't a number one receiver or anything like that. Of course, what do the Packers do in the draft this time? Go cornerback, then go offensive line. Was it the third round? I think they eventually picked up a wide receiver in Amari Rodgers. But, you know, again, you know, certainly a not near the <laughs> A Rodgers to A Rodgers. Certainly not near the top of anybody's draft boards. Um, you know, as Ross rightly points out, is this just his yearly bitch fit? Or is this uh, is this it now? For me, there's no, um, there's no smoke without fire. And there seems to be too much smoke blowing around here. So, Steve, let's get your view on it, mate. What's, uh, what's your view on Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay? It came at a convenient time, didn't it? Like minutes before the draft started, all of a sudden this story comes out that he's done in Green Bay and he's unhappy with the ownership and he's unhappy with the franchise and he's not coming back on his current contract, yada, yada. I think it's interesting to look at the numbers. Like if he leaves uh, Green Bay this season, they take a dead cap hit of $38 million plus. Are they going to take that? highly unlikely like if you're the green bay packers you could just say no you're not going anywhere like we're not we're not trading you we're not letting you go like no you're, you're our player under contract um will he end up anywhere else i doubt it i i think if as this plays out i think this might be a maneuver for a new contract i didn't realize he's 38 i thought he was a bit younger than that but he's 38 um and he's, he's proven the last few seasons that he's still got it he's Apart from that rib injury he had a few years ago, he's been incredibly um, injury-free, which is miraculous for a guy of his age. Um, so I, it's really difficult to tell. It's, it would be weird to see Aaron Rodgers in anything other than a Green Bay uniform. <laughs> like I, I, you've grown so used to him in that in that green and white and yellow that I think it would be really really odd. But I'm sure time will tell. But I would be very very surprised if he ever suits up in a different color. Josh, your view. Uh, well, you can definitely see it from both sides. So the Packers have never been an organization that drafts wide receivers very highly because of the fact that they've got a QB that's able to elevate the ones around him. And if you've got a QB that can elevate the receivers and that around you, then, you know, you pay them more and you pay the receivers less, of which means you can build a better team around that way. You go one or the other. There's a reason why Tom Brady gets good receivers because he takes pay cuts 
you know, relative to, let's say, Rodgers, for example, and other very highly paid quarterbacks around the league. Um, you know, that's at the very least the that that's that's at least the the general sort of consensus because you know everyone's got a cap and they've got to manage it. Um, so the Packers first of all started bad in terms of that news, and that is set to drag on, and it will you know pull a lot of it will pull a lot of morale as well. I think within the team, which definitely won't help, and there'll be a lot of questions, etc. Uh, picks obviously weren't very Rogers friendly, but fair play to Gudikunsk. He stuck to his guns and stuck a middle finger up at Rogers and went, This is my team, boyo, not yours. You know, if Rogers does end up going out the door, then you know, he's got to be able to continue to have a team that continues to have the culture of the Green Bay Packers. It's it's all very much a posturing match, isn't it? So, you know, Rogers is setting himself up as I am the one, the only. You know, they've Packers quarterbacks have been like that in the past. Look at Brett Favre. Yeah, and, and you bring up an interesting point there, though, because obviously, you know, you could argue that the Packers should cash in if he's disgruntled. They supposedly drafted the future of the franchise last year. I know we've all got our opinions on that, whether it was the right thing to do and whether it was a good pick or not. But certainly from the Packers' perspective, that was the plan, that Jordan Love was going to be the guy to take over. You know, We've just seen what San Francisco paid to go up and get a developmental quarterback. If you're San Francisco, you're probably kicking yourself at the fact that you've given up so much to go up to three in the draft you know, when Aaron Rodgers potentially becomes available, you could have, you know, potentially packaged that to Green Bay. Okay, you'd have had a shorter window, but essentially, you know, you'd have been straight into the mix of, you know, serious, serious contenders. So, Kieran, what's your view on it? Do you think he does play again, or do you think this is just posturing it all sorts itself out? I think he should leave. They've treated him terribly. And I know Ross thinks it's like his yearly bitch fit, but they just cut his favourite wide receiver in Jake Coomer, a guy who he was very, very high on, which is just a, a fucking... They basically just punched him in the dick and told him to deal with it at this point. Like, I'll say this, right? This is the best analogy I could think of. I used to be a carpet fitter, right? I needed Stanley blades to help cut carpet into a room. If I went into work... I mean, I was self-employed, but if I went into work and someone said, hey, sticking in the carpet today, but you're not allowed to use standard blade, you got to use safety scissors. How, how fucking well am I supposed to cut carpet with safety scissors? If, if that happened, if I worked for somebody and they said, hey, I know these Stanley blades cut carpet really quickly and really clean and you can fit an entire house in five hours, but got you safety scissors i would have told you to go fuck yourself aaron Rodgers is well within his rights to be angry he's well within his rights to want to leave and anyone putting it down to a bitch fit is just people do this thing with professional athletes like oh they're so rich they're not allowed to complain they're not allowed to feel bad about anything no damn right he's allowed to be pissed he's allowed to be angry and i would be even more angry and more pissed off than aaron rogers who's having a good time at the kentucky derby he had <laughs> turd ferguson as his name badge which i thought was just perfect but the fact that they seemingly do everything to not help this man succeed like they they, on a yearly basis, they fuck him over. In the most what in the draft of the most wide receiver talent we'd seen in years, they take a quarterback whose um, touchdown to interception ratio in his last year as a Mountain West Conference school was what was it seventeen to fifteen? They took him in. They could have had Justin Jefferson. They could have had DK Metcalf. AJ Brown, they in, in years previous, they've had all these great guys they've passed up on. And and now everyone's like, oh, don't know why Aaron Rodgers is angry. I think he's just, just being a diva. <laughs> if you don't know why he's angry, then I don't know what to tell you. Don't ever go near heavy machinery because you might cut your own fucking leg off because you haven't got a clue. All right, but just to put you back onto that, right? So we're talking about last year's draft now yeah 
had an MVP year with the guys that were around him. As as the GM, you could turn around and just go, nothing wrong with your tools, mate. You use those safety scissors, son. All good. It's going to take, take me a week to cut carpet with safety scissors, where if I cut a room out with a proper Stanley blade, it's, it's going to take me a few minutes. Well, it's... if you take off a bit of your salary, maybe we can get you some Stanley blades. Yeah, imagine me giving someone a, a cheaper rate just so I could buy equipment. you got to be kidding me. Aaron Rodgers needs to get out of there. It's, a, it, it's like anyone. Like, if you go into your job and your boss says, hey, work's going to suck for you for the next next year because we don't have any proper equipment for you. You're basically just going to have to fucking do it. You, like, do everything yourself. Your equipment's going to be subpar. It's not going to work a lot of the time. But also, we don't want you to leave. You fucking kidding me? I would go get my P45 out of wherever it was hiding in that building, and I would be gone. Aaron Rodgers, yeah. a lot of quarterbacks wouldn't have done this. People are like, oh, Brady, Brady hit free agency because the Patriots weren't putting weapons around him. Great move, Tom. But then another quarterback does it, and they're like, mm, Aaron Rodgers is a baby. It's ridiculous. You can't have one rule for one quarterback and another rule for another. It, it, he, he's incensed, rightly, and he should go. Uh, I don't think there's any benefit to him staying in Green Bay. And clearly, he doesn't give a shit about what people think of him, so he should just leave, go and enjoy his career somewhere elsewhere, because I still think he's got a couple of Super Bowls in him with a team that isn't you know, totally fucking mismanaged. If he does go, one word answer, boys. Where do you think he does end up, Kieran? Patriots. Steve? Um, I mean, I don't think he's going to go. I mean, there's a few teams that would be terrifying with him. Washington springs to mind. Like, put him in that Washington team. Jesus Christ. It also makes you think, would... would um, Indianapolis have traded for Carson Wentz had they known that Aaron Rodgers was going to be available. Like he could have answered that question pretty well. But yeah, I don't think he's going to go. Josh? Uh, if he did go, it would be AFC. There's no way that the Packers would put him into an NFC team. Uh, does Houston sell an entire farm to. Uh, have they got a farm left? They can make up one. <laughs> Strikes up to Sean Watson for Aaron Rodgers. That that is something of which I contemplated. You know that that would be a blockbuster trade as well. And but he he wouldn't go for that though. He needs to go somewhere where he can win. Yeah. Like he's not Houston are in a rebuild. They'd be you know I know it sounds weird, but they'd be silly to make that because he what's he going to offer them for the next few years? They're not going to win anything. Like he needs to go somewhere where he can win now. New England <laughs> or Denver. Yeah, yeah Denver. Denver's, Denver's, Denver's the one that we haven't talked about that where he's apparently angling towards. I'll tell you what, if that happens, if that happens, then the AFC West has three legitimate teams to win that division. Chiefs have got to hit the wild card round. <laughs> it will be a hell of a division. I'll tell you what, after all the debates me, Steve and Tim have had on this podcast in recent weeks, if Aaron Rodgers ends up at the Washington football team, I will spend oh, no. an entire week laughing at him. I'll be buzzing. He guaranteed so, us that Washington were going to move up for a quarterback. He did. Guaranteed. He, did. he said the word guarantee. Yeah. He's also had a £100 bet with me that the Browns will win less games than the Cowboys. So I'm sorry, did that end up being 100 <laughs> I remember... That ended up being a hundred pounds. That, that, that is now on air, May the fourth. So there you go. May the fourth be with you, Timothy. The mm -hmm. Cowboys, I'm sure, will come good. Right, fellas, let's get out of here. Kieran's already plugged it earlier. If you want to know a little bit more about the guys that your team did end up drafting this weekend, you can still get a digital copy of the full ten yards college guide uh, with. 240 plus players in there so there's every chance that one of the guys that you'd snagged in the later rounds will be covered by the boys in the booklet go and pick it up in terms of a digital copy uh well worth it and of course as with all things that we do here full 10 yards investing back into brick ball with every purchase that you do indeed make so going to a good cause as well so well worth your few pounds 
fellas, it's been an absolute pleasure. Like I say, we'll be back next week. We'll probably have a little talk next week about the schedule that's being released, so we'll probably have a little bit of a chat about that, some of the primetime games that we're looking forward to and all of that stuff, and then we will get into, like I say, some division-by-division breakdowns of who's had a good off-season, who's had a questionable one, and maybe there'll be some developments in the quarterback world as well. But uh, until next time, from me and the boys, it's goodbye from the full 10 yards NFL podcast. Remember, all of this is for the game. for listening to the full 10 yards podcast follow us on facebook or twitter at full 10 yards or email the show full 10 yards at gmail.com